0: Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, Look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community, because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL.
1: I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love to win. You're now listening to State of the Nation. With Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network.
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, Sean Reed on the post-game edition after the Raiders lost 36-20 to the New England Patriots. A game where for maybe a half here we were talking about... Uh, The resurrection of the Raiders' defense, they were uh, making plays, forcing three and outs, Jonathan Abram with an interception, uh, really keeping them in this game despite the offense not exactly lighting it up. That couldn't last forever.
1: It was surprising how good the run defense looked early on, and they were just throwing Newton out of sync. They had tight coverage, and just sooner or later, just the front just started hemorrhaging, and... Yeah, they just started piling up the rushing yards. Cam Newton really didn't have to do much with his arm today just because the run game was so
2: dominating. Yeah, the Patriots kind of shifted toward what I thought the the Raiders should have been doing in the first half. I mean, they, they were having pretty good success running the ball as well. I think Josh Jacobs finished with averaging like six yards a carry, but he finished the game with only like 16 carries. And, you know, it was close enough for long enough, you know, between the first half and then the beginning of the, the second half for them to not get away from the run how they did. So... It was a little weird, especially for how they were struggling offensively and, you know, not able to get open downfield. I would have thought that they would have, you know, bought into the run and just kept pounding the ball with Jacobs, but ended up going the other way with the Patriots and they just ran away with it.
3: When they drove down the field at the end of the first half and they scored there, a nice pass from Carr to Renfro, then he was short and they punched it in. I was intrigued. I'm like, oh, this actually could be a, this could be it. It could be actually in the way to being 3-0. and I mean, the offense was kind of getting comfortable and defense wasn't that bad at that point, but um, – yeah, just sometimes, you know, I think when you have, uh, obviously you mentioned defense hemorrhaging, there's some there's some talent issues I think still on defense. I'm sure the talent's not quite where they want it to be. So those things became evident in, in the second half.
0: Yeah, you look at the running game, Jacobs was only 4.4 yards per carry, but still pretty good production, 16 for 71. But as a team, 5.7, because uh, Devontae Booker, who we've talked about before, he's looked really good as, a, as their backup, 3 for 31, Rashard 1 for 14. This was a game for all the that uh, we've praised the offense in the first two games for really doing so much to keep the defense off the field, and they've basically kind of masked the issues with the defense. This was a game where you needed the offense to play like that again, to kind of take advantage of all all those uh, defensive stops they were getting in the first half. But, you know, for whatever reason, there was the fumble by Jacobs that really uh, upon replay should not have been a fumble. I mean, it should have been a fumble because he did actually fumble it, but it was pretty clear on the replay that he recovered it himself. But even then, the Raiders got the ball right back on the Jonathan Abram interception that put the ball pretty much at the exact same spot that uh, that Jacobs had fumbled. Um, and still, they couldn't take advantage with a touchdown there. They had
1: to settle for a field goal. I just think it's a tough game for The offense, because you know Belichick and the Patriots knew they had to stop Waller coming into this game, and they're doing a pretty good job of either they were going to disguise double-teaming him, or they weren't going to do it. And it just, I think, it just threw Carr off with this chemistry with Waller. He didn't know whether to go to him or just you know take him off his read because they're they were going to double him right away. And then you know Brian Edwards had a couple nice catches, and then he gets hurt, so you know, we kind of predicted this coming in. We, we said it was a bad matchup on paper and it got worse with the injuries.
3: Yeah, after the game, Gruden was asked about the whole Waller thing. He wasn't very happy about it. And he said at one point that he thought Waller was open, so I'm not sure what that meant, but I think to me, if, if there was the game plan or the script or a car, but definitely they, they seem to concede Darren Waller. They seem to, oh, you guys taking him away? Well, that's fine. Okay, you, you can have him. We'll try to go somewhere else. Where to me, you can't do that. He, he's too good a player, and you can use him too many ways, line him up different ways in the scheme, where you should be able to give him the ball if you want to. You should be able to make that happen. and I think that was a big part of the offensive problems today. Yeah, I think the one play that he was talking about in particular, I think he said Waller is
1: open in general, but I remember – That play that almost got intercepted where Josh Jacobs tipped that ball. Waller was open early, and I think Carr just waited too long to throw that ball, and safety broke on it. And there was a shot of Gruden kind of yelling or having a spirited conversation with Carr on the sideline after. He might have been mad that Carr didn't get that ball to Waller earlier.
2: Yeah, After the game, he didn't say which play he was referencing, but but Carr said he missed Waller on a play in particular and came to him after and told him he missed him so maybe that was the one he was referencing but I definitely think early on they were just a little too tentative when it came to trying to get him the ball I mean he wasn't doubled every time there were plenty of times where he was he might not have been open but you know he might have had a matchup advantage in in single coverage you just have to be aggressive in those moments you can't always take the, the wide open easy throw and you know that's something that Carr has been criticized enough about over the last few years but um, I think it really stood out today. I think especially with the injuries, you know, not having Henry Ruggs out there, they couldn't really afford to just not throw the ball to it was essentially their best receiver.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think this game really kind of highlighted some of the concerns I had about the receiving group coming in. I know there was a lot of praise and hype about how deep this receiving core was, but when Tyrell Williams goes down for the season and then you, you go into a game like this where Ruggs isn't playing and then Edwards gets dinged up, I mean, you already were in a position where you didn't, really have a guy that you could call a number one receiver i mean nobody really on that group can call themselves that yet you got guy a couple guys that you can maybe look at as number twos and and then those guys you know rugs and edwards both go out and then you're looking at okay, a slot guy in, in Renfro and a guy and a couple guys in Aguilar and Jones that are, you know, three fourth receiver types. You don't have a guy that outside of Waller, and if they're taking Waller away, or if you're just kind of allowing them to take Waller away, you don't have anybody that you can just consistently rely on that in crunch time, you know you can line him up on the outside and, and he's gonna make plays for you.
1: Josh Jacobs has been better in the past game too, but a man coverage team like the Patriots, you can take advantage of those inside matchups, especially with their bigger linebackers, but they just blitz so much that, you know, Jacobs has to stay in and protection at times too. So, you know, you're asking your wide receivers to win, especially if you're not really forcing the issue to Waller and they just can't do that against, you know, Stefan Gilmore and those Patriots DBs, especially when you're talking about wide receiver threes and fours that are now starting.
0: Uh, well, enough with bagging on the offense because, um, I mean, they had carried the team the first two weeks. I mean, this defense, I mean, again, we, we talked about how well they played early on. You know, Cleland Furl was making plays. Max Crosby got his first couple of sacks, but Jonathan Abram had the interception. But that was not the extent of Jonathan Abram's day. Uh, it was... Despite that pick, it it was a rough one for him. I mean, we don't know how much uh, the injury, you know, the the collarbone or whatnot from last week's uh, collision with the TV cart is playing a factor. But based on how aggressively he's going in there after ball carriers, you would think, you know, he's feeling good enough to play. And he's just not taking proper pursuit angles. He's not showing the ability to break down and make a form tackle. It's just I'm flying in. And if I make contact, that's great. If not, uh uh-oh.
3: Yeah, he really struggled. I think, he, I mean, in several plays, I was, I was asking, what, what the hell is he doing? I just couldn't figure out, like you mentioned, the angles or just missed tackles. And a real liability. I think at one point, they took him out and put in Jeff Heath in the red zone at one point. I just think um, it's a real issue for them going forward. I think also, uh, we talked about in the past, but uh, Malik Collins, you know, kept was hyped all, all season by Gruden as being the key of the defense. Uh, third week in a row, I haven't really seen him do anything. And then Corey Littleton, another guy who came in with, with a big hype, it uh, looks very small. Looks like he gets you know kind of buried in traffic and uh, been non-factor for two weeks on a row. So I think there's some real issues on defense.
1: I think with Abrams this year is kind of like his rookie year and just the style of play he plays with. He's going to make some mistakes, but you just hope that he's disruptive enough to where the good outweighs the the bad, especially this year where he's going to. There's going to be some growing pains with him. But I agree with Collins. He just doesn't put pressure on a quarterback. He put. I think there's two pressures I've seen this entire season where, you know, that it looked like he had a good pass rush. And then on top of that, you know, when they're running screens, he just runs in there, doesn't read the screens at all. And they hit a couple big screens when he was in the game. And, you know, he's taking reps away from Maurice Hurst, who's actually out there making plays. So it's a bad situation right now.
2: Yeah, I think at all three levels, I mean, this is just, this is just a bad defense right now. And I don't think anybody expected it to be good this year. But I think, you know, with the additions that they made in the offseason, the expectation was probably, you know, at least average. But it's been bad across the board. I mean, they can't, they've had moments, you know, where they'll get to the passer a few times or, you know, get a few pass deflections. And I think the secondary played pretty well to start the game. But when the run defense is that bad, it kind of, you know, you get, gets lost in the mix a little bit. But it seems like every week there's some kind of fatal flaw with the defense or near fatal flaw. Obviously, they won the first two games. But you know they put the offense in really tough situations where they had to bail them out. I know the offense wasn't great in the first half this week, but just I don't I don't know what the answer is because uh, I don't think the personnel is going to change as far as the players. Uh, you know as Vic said, um, there's still some probably some talent deficiencies on the defense. I'm sure some of it is coaching, but you can't put it all on coaching. It's probably some on both ends. So I don't really know how it gets fixed this year. I know it's early in the season. You know they've been saying that they're trying to gel. I think that was something that Max Crosby said after the game. You know they have a lot of new parts. They're trying to you know, fit together. But I don't know. It just, it seems like this might be a, another year with the unit being pretty bad.
3: There's another possibility. That is that uh, maybe Nick Kwiatkowski is so freaking good that when he gets back, everybody else will step <laughs> back up because I think he's back next week. And imagine they didn't put him on, on IR and they played well. In the one half he played in, and it's been a jarring absence to me. I really looked really bad with him not being in there. So maybe, maybe he's that good. Maybe you, instead of saying how bad the other freezing signs are, we'll be saying how good that one was. So I mean, that's the one hope, I guess, right now.
0: He's going to be telling them, why don't you flip uh, the contracts between me and Littleton? I I should be the guy who who you paid more to. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. It might have been hard to watch the Raiders against the Patriots on Sunday, but they'll have another game next week against the Bills to get back on track. And Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi.
1: To put a positive spin on it, though, you know, Nick Kwiatkowski was calling a defense. He had the green dot. And when I was watching that Saints game, there was a lot of confusion and not lining up right before the snap. I mean, there's one play where Littleton's trying to tell Moro to go to the B gap. Instead, both of them end up in the A gap and it ends up being a big run. You know, as far as Kwaskowski communication-wise, I think he will make a difference and just a few bright spots. I think Trayvon Mullen's playing really well right now. I think is actually playing pretty good right now. Arnett, I need to watch the film on this game, but he, he made a play. So I think maybe this young secondary can pull it together and maybe solidify this defense as they get better. So there's some hope there, but yeah, just not very good right now.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say who who is playing well right now defensively. I mean uh, Trayvon Mullen, like you mentioned, him three passes defensed today. He played really well. We talked about Mo Hurst. He's one guy that you know six tackles today. Uh, you saw him really being active. You know Vic. I know you and I were talking about Carl Nassib. It, it flashed a little bit outside of Hurst. A little bit of Joiner. A little bit of Mullen. It is you know Crosby. Of course, had the two sacks today. That's that's important to get him going. I mean that that might be kind of where that list ends of guys on defense that are playing well.
1: I think there's some hope there that if they do, just at least line up right, and this secondary gets more experience, they can become, you know, maybe a little below average defense, and that's good enough for this offense, and you know they'll they'll win some games that way. But just playing the way they are now, they, it's just going to be tough every week to have to put up 35, 36 points every week.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously this game was was always on paper going to be tough. East coast trips are not easy. East coast trips on short weeks after a Monday night game. Definitely not easy, and I think that you can't use that as an excuse, but you also can't eliminate that as a factor. At the end of the day, the Raiders, a 2-1 and start is pretty good, but suddenly, next Sunday's game back in Vegas, a 3-0 and Buffalo Bills team, Josh Allen's playing lights out. Uh, that game is looking pretty tough right now as they get ready to come back home to Vegas.
2: I mean, this early portion of the schedule, it is, is everything we expected it to be. I mean, we knew going into the season, you know, regardless of how the Raiders looked, that this was, you know, going to be their toughest stretch of the season. And I mean, the Bills, they looked pretty dominant early there against the Rams before they blew the lead and ended up coming back and win. But yeah, I mean, the way Josh Allen looks right now, um, I know that Cam Newton didn't hurt them a lot on the ground today, but Allen, he's shown that he can do it both on the ground and more so through the air this year. And he's not going to give you those those fumbles and interceptions necessarily that he was, you know, his first, first year in the league and stuff. So, you know, defensively, you know, unless they make a just like I said, get, get Kwiatkowski back and, and make some kind of drastic improvement, it might just be another long game for him.
0: You know, before we get out of here, uh, thoughts on on the Gruden decision to go for the field goal. Eleven twenty-two left. They're down twenty-three to ten. They kick a field goal, twenty-five yarder from Daniel Carlson. That makes it a 10-point game. Patriots ended up scoring a touchdown and missed the PAT, so it did only become a 16-point lead. They still, theoretically, were two possessions down. But what did you guys think of that decision to uh, to not try to go for a touchdown in that position?
3: I didn't like it. I thought it was a bad decision. I thought um, to have faith in your defense at that point is kind of, to me, blind faith. I think you can't really expect defense to shut them down. I think you need you need two scores. So a field goal doesn't really help you at all. You need you know, two touchdowns, really. So I think... Um, in terms of where you were on the field, I think you have to go for it, I think. I know Gruden said in hindsight looked fine because you held him back. It was a bad penalty, yada, yada, yada. But I think you just have to know your team, know where your strengths are, and it's definitely your offense. you got to go for Anytime it.
2: Anytime you go from being down two scores to still being down two scores, like you probably made a mistake, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, even if they go for it and score a touchdown, they they may even you know still be likely to lose the game. But about taking a field goal there, you pretty much are kind of – conceding what the result was going to be with how bad the defense was doing when it came to to stopping the run
1: how many possessions do you have left at that point in the game every time new england had the ball they were milking the clock and you just have so many possessions and you just really kind of box yourself into oh we have to get a stop here or else we're gonna lose a game if you kick that field goal instead of going for it and you know trying to get the game a little closer that way so yeah i definitely thought it was the wrong decision yeah, especially after Gruden showed that
0: aggressiveness on fourth down last week, going for it a couple of times. I mean, you're on the road on a short week, all that stuff. Playing the Patriots, playing Bill Belichick. I mean, th- these are the situations where you got to take a few chances here. And I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that, that kicking a field goal there wasn't going to likely help you win that game. But um, you know, ultimately, that decision isn't why they lost, but. You know, it's it's one of those things that you just uh, you, you, you point to and, and you say, you know, why do you make that move? It, it just it it doesn't really line up as sound football decision making. But it had two pretty good games, and this one was uh, was not a good one.
1: I think moving forward, though, I think you have to be pretty aggressive just knowing what kind of team you have. Now you have a strong offensive team with a really leaky defense. Philosophically, you have to be more aggressive Th- for the rest of the season in my opinion
0: yeah it's probably not necessarily in, in gruden's nature but um at some point you've got to you've got to read your team and kind of see uh see what kind of team you have and make your decisions uh from there but any final thoughts before we get out of here uh how'd you guys like uh, alec ingold's uh, hurdle attempt he might uh try out for the olympics after that that was pretty impressive
3: yeah, he's a weapon he definitely he worked hard this off season he definitely, uh I mean, obviously they have so many tools on defense already, but he could do offense, but he could do a lot more. I think he could do more if, if it has to. He got some hang time
1: on that uh, that hurdle. It felt like he was in the air a long time. But yeah, I mean, if he could develop as a weapon in the pass game, I mean, not necessarily like Kyle Juszczyk, but if he's a threat in the pass game, that does help this offense more because if you're going to stack the box with big linebackers and he could take advantage of some of those matchups, that's, that's just another way you could do it.
2: Even though the offense has been really successful early in the season, I don't know if we'll see like the full potential of it till probably after the, the bye week um, with all these injuries. I mean, you know, we're still not sure on Trent Brown. I mean, obviously, Richie Incognito on injury reserve right now. Henry Ruggs, we don't know, you know if he's going to be back next week. Brian Edwards going down this week. So, I mean, other injuries could pop up along the way, but I think the fact that you know the offense has already been able to have so much success while it's been banged up you would you would expect that when it's back to full strength whenever that happens that maybe they can hide some of those defensive weaknesses that the team you know does have later on in the season
3: Speaking of Trent Brown, did you guys notice he was tweeting during the game from the sidelines? Do you know the sidelines tweeting?
2: I mean, did
0: they take guys on the trip if they know they're out? I mean, with, with this, in these COVID times, I, I would imagine guys that are ruled out probably don't travel.
3: I thought he might be there, but yeah, still, still weird. You
0: know, I was going to say, the, uh, the unfortunate timing of, of that Brian Edwards injury. I mean, getting hurt on that play, man, that, w- that was a beastly play i mean uh, the catch and then the run after the catch just kind of overpowering defenders i mean obviously part of that probably is is what led to him kind of getting dragged down awkwardly but really unfortunate timing because i mean that was the best play he's made in three games here and uh, that's kind of play he probably could have built off of if he didn't have to get hurt on it
3: yeah i mean two things it showed why the coaches were so high on him in this training camp in the offseason that's, that's the kind of place he made a camp also though you also hope he's okay and the reason he was available in the third round because he had the foot problems. He has kind of had a kind of history of injuries throughout his life. So you'd hope that's not a deal here. But definitely another setback for, uh, for their offense.
0: All right. Well, the Raiders are heading back to Vegas. They will take on the Buffalo Bills next week. They open up as two-and-a-half-point underdogs. And uh, we'll get into that game in the middle of the week when we uh, come back with another episode of State of the Nation.
1: Adios. All right. Talk to you guys later.